You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome to the Next Trek Podcast. Every week, we're going to break down the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And today we're talking about an obol for Karen. Karen, Karen, Kara, Karen. I don't know how we're Sharon? saying it. I, I looked it up. It is definitely a hard K, but I don't know oh. if it's Karen. I don't know. We're going to say Karen. And I am the ancient liter- literature teacher here. So that's the fun part that I can't say it. I feel disappointed. I thought you were going to educate me on this title. I was actually looking forward to this. I thought you were going to give us a long explanation. Well, an obol. None of that. Now that we're talking about it, though, an obol, though, the obol for Karen. Does anybody know the class? Okay. Does anybody right. uh, know what that is? Anybody look I it? do, but I'll let Chris give it a swing. We're going to we're gonna just... Chris, please share with the class what you... <laughs> 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 I have no idea what this is. So Karen is uh, the the guy who ferries people across the River of the Dead, right? To Hades. In, to Hades in, in Greek mythology. And Obol mm-hmm. is the coin that you put over the, the dead person's eyes that would you know pay for him pay to, the ferryman. to take you across. Yeah, Interesting. So, yep. And so how does this relate to the the, uh, the episode? Maybe we'll learn. I, You'll have to ter- tell me how this relates because uh, that, that description doesn't exactly... I. I have some me. ideas, but I think I think that's something we can. We'll probably cross that bridge when we come to it, or that ferry when it comes to it. Uh, You're trying too hard. You're trying too hard. <laughs> it worked until you just commented on it. Uh, <laughs> so let's. You guys just want to kind of dive in, and we'll get to the we'll get to the point as we go. Sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well. We don't need to give our overall thoughts. I guess that, 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 there's no reason to do that. Let's just let's well, just dive in. Well, let's over, just have a good. I always forget about that. Overall thoughts, Chris. What did you What did you think? You know, before we takes a swig of wine, I know, guys, uh, it's that kind of night. This is not Um, a show. No, here, here, here's here's the thing. What are you drinking? Orange juice? Um, It's yeah, it's emergency because I don't want to get another cold. (laughs) I'm just I'm down here in Florida drinking wine. You two got water (laughs) and emergency. That's (laughs) good on you guys. Gonna go. (laughs) Way to make the healthy choice. Um, We're talking about death this time. That's right. No, you know, here's I before we started recording, I mentioned that this is a very dense episode. Yeah. I felt like I missed a lot. So I'm very excited to walk back through it with you guys and maybe understand a little bit better because like I said, the title didn't even jump out at me. I wasn't re- I don't even still get that um uh, that whatever it is analogy that whatever. So I am <laughs> I'm ready for uh to, to to walk through this because there's so much. I really enjoyed it. I think this feels like a classic Star Trek episode again. Um very very neat to, you know, uh, to 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 get that feeling, to to feel like this is familiar. Yeah. And so I enjoyed yeah. it. I had a I had a really a really really good time with um and Abel for Sharon. That's how you say it, right? <laughs> well done. Yes, we're going to go for it. Kate, what about you? What are your what are your overall thoughts before we dive in? Um, so this was definitely a feels episode between yeah. mm. the Tilly and Stamets storyline and the Burnham and Saru storyline. You have ample Whoa. places to to clutch your chest and go, oh wow, that that it just happened. Um, yeah. It's also um, one that has two different short treks connections. Yeah. And uh, we also get uh, a question that we've speculated on the episode before, why the spore drive isn't in uh, later timeline chronology. We learn new things here that make um, possible suggestions as to why that's so. Or the hologram, too. Hologram communications. I love that. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. that was good. So, good stuff here. I... I think I agree. This one, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen anything on, on social media with this one. This has been sort of lauded as as the best episode since Next Generation. Like, people are going no. insane. I, which I disagree with, by the way. But people are going nuts about this. They're saying this is the best episode of Discovery. This is the best episode of Star Trek we've had in, in a long, long, long time. Um, although I guess it has been, like, you know, not including last year, 12 years or something since we've been on the air. So it's... Uh, I, which I, I really liked it. I think it's a good episode. It's a great episode. Um, I, I don't think this is the best of the season that we have yet. Um, but I'm going to disagree with you there. I do think it's the best of this you season. You think it's the best? Um, it may, Man, I like is. New Eden. I, I love, like New Eden so I love New much, Eden. guys. Yeah. But we'll I, I'm, I'm willing... 
I'm willing. I'm willing to hear yeah. because I do think this episode is fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah and, I do. And same, same here. I don't want my yeah my comments to say I hated it. It's it's a phenomenal episode. I think it's New Eden is more streamlined. It's it's a bit more tightly um, put together. It's it's frakes. So come on. Um, so this yeah, one would have benefited from um, CBS taking advantage of the fact that this is a streaming show and giving it a little more room to breathe. A little more time. That's I think yeah. right. The only thing I had yeah. for it. So, Alrighty. All right. Well, let's let's dig in. So we get uh, the first appearance, and I suspect with being such a, a big name, we will get more from her. But we get the first appearance of uh, Re- Rebecca Romaine's number one. Yay! How how did she strike you? I mean, she's definitely she's not doing an imitation of Major Barrett. Uh, Major Barrett uh, um, started the role of number one in the original pilot, The Cage. Um, she was basically, yeah, she was the first officer. She was sort of Spock-like, uh, actually, the way that Spock would become um, in the original pilot. I didn't feel mm-hmm. she was doing a, an imitation of her. But yeah, how did she strike you guys? I found her strong, interesting, and why would it seem to run the Enterprise? Mm-hmm. I, I want to watch say, that show. I want to watch the show with her and, and Pike running yes. the Enterprise. You know? I mean, I'll watch Pike do anything. Golly, I think I've already mentioned seriously. this. But um, here, here's the bottom line. Um, this this scene is completely unnecessary. Yep. Um, so I I don't know. I it was fine. She was <coughs> fine, but it seemed a little weird. The only reason why she's there is to give a piece of information about yep. the whereabouts of Spock. Everything else has zero to little significance, and it just feels a little. This is why I was meaning when I say dense. It feels like okay, this thing, and then this thing, and then this. There's a lot going yep. on, and I feel like there's more that could have been maybe uh, tended to later in the episode rather than have, you know, whatever this was three minutes spent on this cameo. So I don't know. Maybe there's a reason, maybe we'll find out re- the, the reason why, but it didn't feel all that necessary to me. It felt a little like she's ordering spicy food and telling him and then that's it. Yeah. We're done. We don't see her again. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Isn't yeah. that weird? Well, that's why I, I totally think we, we're going to see more of her. This was just an introduction. Why didn't we see her, I guess, when they first beamed over? It, it, it did seem kind of out of out of the blue. Yeah. <clears throat> not that she's it's not fine. delightful. I mean, it's a good scene. It's a good character-building scene for Pike, but but, but it did, it was not needed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think, yeah, the, anyway, whatever. It was fine. It just didn't, it didn't endear you to the character. She didn't do anything interesting. Right. She literally just ordered spicy food, sat down, slid an ipad across the screen uh, across the table and said i found spock for you i broke some laws yay yeah yeah kate what do you think i'm just thinking that we've said what needs to be said and this is not <laughs> taking up a disproportionate amount of time so it's appropriate however the same for the- <laughs> thing with the episode <laughs> all right uh but what we did find out guys that that i think is essential is that the uh we we sort of find out that the holocom may have actually uh, caused or been a been a contributing factor to all of the problems that were in the enterprise, and so uh, Pike says, "Rip it all out. We're going back to regular screens," and that ties this this loophole, uh, you know, maybe with with uh, Star Trek the original series. I liked it. I liked the little techno babble thing that closes the loop. Nope, I take it. I take it. I have a favorite techno babble moment later in the episode. This was not it. Oh, I have the Interpri- some better ones. Yeah, the Inter- the Enterprise D didn't have hollow. That's what I'm saying. They, they closed it. It's it's no. a, it's a system that doesn't work. And then they try it again in next in Deep Space Nine. They they try it for a while, and they they say uh, this is a technology that was that we we didn't do because it was so difficult. That's true. So we'll see. Uh, I've got so much I want to say here, but I think <laughs> I'm going to agree with Kate that uh, we should just move on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, so we we get that and. Uh, Let's see. They are they're they're going in search of Spock's. So what we do find out from number one is that that there's um, Spock's warp trail, I guess, and it. What? You said they go for the search for Spock. I just find that uh, funny because they begin kinda... searching for Spock's warp trail. Can I say and... though that I'm over Spock at this point? I'm tired of being dragged along, and I just don't care. It is so freaking annoying. Yeah, it I, is. I would so like. We need to get annoying to Spock already. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. How much you want to bet? One episode, one. After all that, maybe two. No more than that. That's all we get. This is me not caring. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm I'm almost to that point. I I just it feels really mean. Yeah. At this point, like let's go get him, and then 
And if oh. so, they they should have they should not have built up Ethan Peck even so much. It should have been a surprise. Like if we're if we're really going down that, we should have gotten some kind of a surprise Spock. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, but the, the, this leads us to our big thing. So they are they're they're tracking down uh, Spock's warp trail, and suddenly out of nowhere they are pulled dead uh, dead stop out of warp um, by this gigantic organic super old like what do they say a hundred thousand year old sphere mm-hmm. it's a meatball which it's yeah a meatball. meatball which i thought was actually a, one of the red flashes at first i thought oh shoot they just ran into a red flash i actually think that's a that's a that's a mistake on their part well or or even just a mistake like it should have it should have been green just to, like at first it i thought well this is great we have another red burst and and we're we're there again but it it just seemed a visual mistake um but this leads us to what I think is the coolest techno babble moment, but I don't know if, if this is where you're going, Kate, uh, of what the sphere does to discovery. And I love it. What did you guys think about where, where it goes with that? Kate, you, you want me to go or you want to go? <laughs> go ahead, We're just Chris. shaking our heads. I was trying to toss that to Kate. I, that, yeah, I think Yeah, Kate, please. I, I've got things I want to say, but I feel like I, I've, I've talked too much. I'd already, like to so hear what you think first. Well, there's been what? Almost 60. How many years of Star Trek has there been? Uh, we're at 60. What are we, are we in? We're, we are on 63. That's great. So there's been 63 years of Star Trek. And I don't think this has ever been done where they've messed with the Universal Translator in this kind of way. And I it was, loved it. Oh. It was glorious. Yes. It was it was really fun. Like, why are you speaking? All of a sudden, they're speaking Klingon. They can't understand one another. And then Saru is the only one who actually speaks all these languages, but they set up last season what a wonderful kind of so payoff good. for the character um his story that he's saying and then also the situation they're in i just think it was an amazing setup yeah what a great new thing of something that we've heard about for whatever it is 60 plus years yeah. they've never explored that before here we are it was it was cool it was very cool yep it's also a pun techno babble um babble right? Okay. And they even yeah, they ta- even tower ref- tower of yes. he, he refers directly to it. Welcome to the Tower of Babel. He says, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, he does. They yeah. went multiple layers deep in that, and it was absolutely delightful and it's brilliant. They didn't just do it by what they were hearing, but what was on the consoles as well. You know, yeah. Is this Arabic? It was. It yeah. was. Um, I think going. This is probably going to be one of the highlight scenes of season two. I think looking when we're looking back. And that that must have been so just crazy to to, uh, Shoot to put it. down to execute just because it is it's so complex in all these different ways and and played off so well by the actors it, it was great mm. and even for saru uh watching him move around to the different consoles and oh. talking to people like just watching him physically move as he was working through this he was a delight every second of this yeah. scene um yeah i've told you before he's my favorite character of this show and th- this episode only continues that Oh yeah, I mean, and and again, Academy Award nominated actor here. You know, we see some we see some of those chops shining through. This isn't just dude in prosthetics walking around. And, and then once you find out later that he's been in pain this entire time, and yeah. you know it, he, that even adds another layer to it because you can sort of see. Oh yeah, he was sort of doubled over or or kind of clutching his head a couple of times while while doing this, but he doesn't let it uh, interfere with his work. I love Doug Jones in this uh, in this episode. Just through mm-hmm. and through, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and that leads us into just as as he's um, going about fixing the fixing the ship. Um, this this propels us, I guess, through the rest of the episode because they sort of still have to, um, you know, go to different areas of the ship and start to fix things. And this leads us into engineering, which is which has had this problem. So, uh, I think this is we we pretty well pick up. Um, let me think here. We we pretty well pick up not long after the last episode. Uh, the the creature the the May creature is now in the um, I don't know what we call it the mycelial box the the spore the spore drive box. Um, and he's it still has this weird connection with Tilly, um, which I which I love. Um, I guess I guess as we set this up, we've got Stamets, we've got uh, Jet Reno is back. And we've got Tilly all in the all in the engineering section, and that that sets our stage. What did you guys just think of this this setup here? How how uh, Tilly is with the sport with the whatever we call it with May, I guess with Stamets sort of figuring it out with Reno coming in. How did you guys 
think about this setup here. I mean, the most exciting thing about this scene for me was that Reno was back, and mm. then the banter begins, and it is so much fun. I don't know how they don't keep her on as a regular, because she's phenomenal. She's hilarious. She's, she's so snarky. Gosh. It is it is almost unbearably wonderful how yes. how, how great and magnetic she is. <laughs> There's a point later in this episode when she, when Tilly's like, you're going to do that with your hands? And then she yes. just, she's like, yeah, because I don't see you're going to do it. Right. And she, oh. it's, it's just this wonderful, like... <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm gonna get the job done. Yes. I'm gonna be snarky about it, but I, I just, it's it's wonderful. Oh, it comes with house character. dressing. It really uh, right, yeah. and just yeah, yeah, yeah. Even thinking back to how how we met Stamets at the beginning of last season, how he's he's kind of a jerk and super snarky, but not in an endearing way at first. Mm-hmm. And then we've right. warmed up to him sort of because he got stoned on on the. Uh, um, on the spores all, yeah, all, all last season. And, and then she, she walks in and she's like, Oh no, I can go toe to toe for your, for you with snark. She says, you don't know me doc. I'm uninsultable, especially by a guy who thinks he can run a ship on mushrooms that I pick off my pizza. Like, <laughs> come on. It's so yep. good. Um, yep. I, if they don't keep her on, on the ship, it will be a shame. Like it, it's, she's just an excellent foil to Stamets and, and just a delight to watch. Yeah, and the way they introduce her in the first episode of this season, some of that's paying off that it was a medical ship, and that yes. is going to become highly relevant in this episode. Absolutely. Uh, we have even again further with that. She is so she's an engineer. She's basically a doctor because she's been working on a medical ship for a while, and and now I love the debate and and what Discovery has done um, this year and, and last year a little bit. The debate of um, of energy. Uh, that they've that they've brought into it that she and Stamets, you know, go toe to toe for um, like running dilithium, and he's he's essentially saying, hey, the mycelial network is not more not only more efficient, but it's like it's akin to fossil fuels, um, and, and finding an alternative energy source. And I I loved that argument and that discussion. Mm. Well, since you're bringing that up now, that's actually our first uh, short trek reference of this episode. Um, if you recall, the very first short trek with Tilly and Poe, that princess, she comes from a dilithium right. mining planet yep. where she's got the special relationship with the planet and everything that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our first um, connection with that particular short trek. I did not think about that. But that's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. Uh, and just, again, that, that deepening of, of the Star Trek universe. We've We've... There's always dilithium around, or people need it, or it's running out, or whatever. But now we're we're seeing consequences, which I which I enjoy. Right, and this is a potential explanation for why the spore drive lives or begins and dies with discovery, because you know in the future they know this causes harm, so they go old right. school. Right. Oh, and that I mean that's something that that will come up, I guess. But really, such a huge um, element of this story is, yeah, the spore drive is not without consequences either. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, we'll get to that, I think, in a bit. Which is classic um, science fiction. Every time there's this really cool thing that solves a bunch of problems, there's a dark side. Right, right. Yep. So uh, so with that, we, we move to Michael and Saru. Uh, they're fixing the, the uh, universal translator. Um, but uh, with that, we get the discovery that, that Saru is actually really sick. We also see a uh, a chain reaction, which leads to our you know the three people who are engineering getting locked in engineering, um, and that kind of kind of creates the locked room drama that we're going to get for the for the rest of the episode with that story. There's this kind of chain reaction. Um, Jet and Stamets and Tilly are sort of trying to figure out how to unlock themselves, I think, out of engineering, and they end up. Um, I guess. Oh no! There's there's like uh, there's lightning bolts shifting throughout engineering, and so they do something to to kind of ground. I think the the current and that locks them in. Is that what I'm remembering correctly? Sounds good. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's even how that works. But anyway, so they. Uh, but but what that does is lead to the blob being uh, being released from the um, from the canister and or from the, the the chamber containment. Yep. And jumping back onto Tilly. So. This so that that leaves us in I guess our precarious position. Pike, um, Pike runs into Saru and Michael Burnham as she brings Saru over to the to the sick bay, and that's where we find our our big, um, I guess emotional our biggest emotional moment of the episode, which or emotional storyline of the episode, which is that Saru is about to die and he knows it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he, he, he recounts. And I mean, I guess, you know, at the very beginning of this episode, I think we see a scene with, what is his name? Linus and... Linus um, the Saurian, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever that is. And they're talking about how they've been sick lately. That's and right. Saru mentions that, you know, he's not been feeling well that this morning. And um, so they set up the fact that he hasn't been feeling well. He thinks he has a cold, or he says he thinks he has a cold. And in this scene, he reveals to both um, Burnham and Captain Pike, as well as chief medical officer what is her name Pollard. i keep hearing pollard i think yeah Pollard. Yes. it's so close to colber that every time they say the the c i'm just like why didn't they name I think her it's, it's pollard with a fitzpatrick fitzpatrick or something like yeah. that is like totally anyway i anyway so but um what 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 he reveals is that he is experiencing a a part of his biology and a point that happens kind of like well, we've referred this in Star Trek before, like the pond. I was just thinking it's like the whatever pond else. Yeah. yeah. Where at Except a certain the fun age. Part at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, at a certain age, I guess they just, they get ready to die. And yeah. no matter what happens, whether they're taken away by the, you know, the alien species that watches over them, or if they are just driven to madness, they die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, or at least that's what they've, to- they've been told their entire life is that, you know, once this begins to happen, you're going to die. And he's certain of it. His ganglia, th- ganglia began to just, um, always be out. And of they're his like extra neck. swollen or something like that. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're really bothering him. He's, he's, but he also mentions that he's seeing these ultraviolet lights and he's yeah. able to see, you know, all this kind of, so he's just really uncomfortable. He knows he's going to die. He's close to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Michael's kind of not having any of it. She doesn't quite believe it, but um, he's yeah. convinced that that is what's happening. This is where um, the brightest, was it brightest star short trek was really helpful yeah. for setting up this scene because yeah. all of that, we get to see how the, what that means and is up to a point and how that plays out. And so that added depth and resonance to um, what's happening to Saru in this episode. Yep. 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 Um, Reference also to Linus. He gets to like talk more this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that's another uh, point talking about the universal translator because it was already malfunctioning Mm -hmm. at that point, because I guess his, uh, what did he call his pops and clicks were not being translated properly. That was a great moment too. I I liked all that. I, I love that. And, and really where, for me, where I, this is kind of moving us into some slightly different territory. I loved that Star Trek Beyond um, showed us the Universal Translator working for the first time. And there's a point at which he opens up the, one of them opens up the communicator and they start talking through it. And and then we see that earlier on in Discovery. I, I just like this thing, again, this thing that we've been taking for granted for 60 years. Mm-hmm. That, oh, everybody we meet t- speaks in English. No, they don't. Of course they don't. Um, unless you're Klingons, then you just speak randomly in Klingon whenever you want to. Um, and uh, but but this is a thing that we've come to take advantage or take uh, for granted in Star Trek, and it's on the fritz. And I love it. I think it's so great. I've always it's wondered. So funny, you go ahead. <clears throat> no, no, please go ahead. It's way off topic. Go ahead. Okay. So I've always wondered if like the the communicators just stop working, if everyone would be really quietly mumbling because in fact the, the it, communicator it is doing the actual talking for them. Voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so funny. It, like everybody's literally whispering, but because yeah, yeah. What, what an interesting uh, conversation to have with the uh, the what is it? The science of Star Trek right? people. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody has an answer for that. I have well, no doubt. No, there's there's no. a there's an, a translation app that does something very similar now. It's very yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Is it called yeah. Babblefish? Yeah, but it's not in your voice. That that's the interesting no. thing to to hear is is that like it's. Yeah. In this universe, anyway, it's the 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 actual voice is yeah. just being translated. Not it's not being translated by a computer. It's not you're not hearing the computer's voice. You're hearing that person's right voice. And I think it's our suspension re-jigger. of disbelief, which you know, because their mouths obviously are moving in English. Which I, so it's that's I think just that that suspension of disbelief. Like oh, okay, that's right. fine. We'll we'll take it. Of course, you know, of course, which I like. I think that's cool. Um, but in, but it's so funny that you brought it beyond in that. I did, I've been watching Star Trek Beyond. I need to rewatch uh, it. It's couple of so days. good. Ugh. I've been watching the in the enhanced commentary, and they talk Ooh. about that because in that they don't do that. What you're talking about, right. like she's talking mm-hmm. underneath, and it's like she's dubbed. Mm-hmm. She's you, got yeah, because like you can hear her underneath it, can't you? In her, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sorry that that, that was was way off topic. No, Continue, it, but that thematically works in this in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So, uh, so they 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 basically decide they're they're trying to figure out. Um, 
uh, why the sphere is doing this. I think they they make the connection that's the sphere that's causing this this problem, and they decide to treat it like a like a virus. I think basically to um, to sort of uh, track down the signal. And Saru can sort of see the signal because it's it's in ultraviolet or in these other frequencies. And um, let's see. This. Is this the moment when when um, Michael says to Pike that uh, it is not logical for a virus to kill yes. its host? Yes. Isn't that what all viruses eventually do, though? I mean, they just they eat through whatever the thing is and then dead. Is there any virus you've ever known that doesn't eventually kill the host? I the know. The cold virus doesn't. That's true. The, what? It's just there. the cold okay. virus doesn't. It just makes you miserable. Yeah, that's true. Okay, all right, all right. That, I mean, I guess as long as you've been, yeah. Okay, all right, that's true. I, I'm, it's just an interesting like analogy to say like when you think of serious viruses, right? Like uh, that the is Ebola the Ebola virus. It is the right. point of yeah. That's that's right. true. I think it's an interesting point to highlight here that one of the sub themes of the episode has to do with communication. And so yes. there's a communication barrier here. We also had uh, commander Nan in the, the staff meeting asking, you know, if only we knew what it needs. And so um, I think, yeah, what's it actually looking for? Right, exactly. And these were things that last episode were like, well, if Picard were here, he'd be talking to, you know, whatever. Right. And, well, it turns out we just had to wait an episode for them yeah. to dig into that with both uh, the spores, with May, um, and then, of course, with the sphere. Yeah, and this is what makes it very Star Trek. Like, not only is it, you know, this is basically what Picard would do, too, but how many times do we get unknown thing, you know, doing something to the ship? We've just got to figure out what's going on with it. I, it's very Star Trek, and I, I, I love yeah. that. Um, while also making some very personal stakes. We, we essentially figure out, as this goes, that, um, that Saru's condition is linked to the sphere mm-hmm. and, and we'll uh, we'll get to that i think a little bit more when we find out that the sphere is dying as well but um but saru as far as we know at the moment saru is dying and i love man i i we talked about this uh, a bit last season i love the relationship between michael and saru mm-hmm. they have always been brother and sister we i think chris we we talked about that in the pilot where um, you know, Giorgio is 100% the mom and, uh, and she and Saru are brother, you know, the, the, the kids, the siblings fighting around mom. And it's so true now. Um, golly, I, it, it was, this is one of the more emotional episodes of Star Trek, uh, through and through. And I, and it, it only comes, it comes especially through cause he basically says, Michael, I, I've kept the most detailed personal logs of all of my travels, all of my things that, that I've, you know, that I've done since I've got here. Um, put them, put them together so that my people can know that there's something else out there beyond their, mm-hmm. their universe or their own, their own world. Ugh. Yeah. And they it's take little so facts good. like the fact that he speaks 94 languages. And aside from that being really cool for the, the plot of the Universal Translator messing up, it's also a very personal reveal later for him that he's, he still doesn't speak in his own language. Like, they, yeah. they really work that little piece of information beautifully. It's it's so, it's so powerful. It's, uh, yeah, this whole episode was, yeah, was just so meaningful. I, I loved it. Um, so as we move forward, we discover, oh yeah, so our stakes further get raised, although not in the same emotional ones, in irritating ones, uh, that Spock's warp trail is about to disappear. We only have six minutes to solve all of the universe's problems before we lose Spock's warp field. Warp, yeah, and this, and this becomes super important later in the episode when... No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's so annoying. It is just the most annoying. Like we've got a counting clock. Yeah, Here are we is, dragging guys. your lungs, dude? No, we yeah. we do and know. Then, do you know we learned Spock's middle name in all of this? Right, is Spock MacGuffin? Yo, right, ayo, get it? Okay, uh, did, did you see what I did there? Was funny. That was the worst. <laughs> that was the literal worst. Can we please move on? Let's keep going. Uh, it's a long please. episode, Tyre. It's a long episode. Let's keep going. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I made myself laugh there. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael figures out um, uh, that she's got to get to Tilly to, to get to engineering because she's learned about Tilly's situation. And Tilly has had her arm now covered up in in May, and uh, May is doping her up a little bit. It seems like she's she's we don't know why really if she's if she's trying to subdue her if she's trying to make her not feel pain or not feel panic. But um, for whatever reason, uh, Tilly is is um, kind of going downhill pretty quickly. 
but they they want to figure out much again kind of mirroring this communication issue they want to figure out um, how to talk to May because we know that May um, May used to be able to talk maybe she can um, again and this gets us into just some awesome Jet Stamets biological engineering uh, which is so great which includes a piece of gum at one point which was pretty impressive uh, and she talks about duct tape all over the place like duct tape is still around in the 2300 2200s excellent of course it is um and so so this leads us to you know more and more um uh pursuit of, of how to communicate with may and it's around the same time and and for those of you who are listening if you are feeling rushed or if you are feeling feeling confused it's because all of these scenes are cutting back and forth together so quickly we're getting snippets of scenes and so we find out oh shoot we've got to figure out how to talk to may and then saru in a cut scene realizes that uh that he realized the connection between his death and the spore or the the sphere because it must be dying and therefore it must also be reaching out to them and i must live to my biology Right, and then we get Stamets and Jet pulling out a drill to drill into Tilly's head so that they can they can uh, make a cortical stimulator to talk to. Which May. we should pause oh, here on this yes. moment because so we've cool. already had a Prince reference by Jet oh, our, after she yes. gets bounced around. So now we get our David <gasps> Bowie moment. Two oh. famous musicians who died the same year, That's not true. long after each other. Um, I think the year I, after Leonard Nimoy died is a random factoid. Um, but when they sing together... It's so adorable. Which, I want to say, that one's called Space Oddity is the song that they were doing. Yeah, that's Space doing. Oddity, yep. So, yeah, that certainly adds to the fun. But that moment you, with the two of them was my one of my feels moments of the episode. Oh. I I shared this with you guys. I don't know that you guys were able to watch it, but they yes. these oh. characters did a carpool karaoke um uh, episode it's and so these amazing. songs are in that episode. I, I, one I of the three of us doesn't part. have yeah. Apple Music, so I didn't get to experience yeah. this. It, it was actually wonderful because I was like, "Oh, that's why they chose these songs. This is oh, amazing yeah. oh. that they oh. had this forward-thinking. Like it was, it was because I mean, obviously they're space-related as right. well. Which right. maybe just watching the episode, you just assume that. But it, it is an interesting like. It's used um, a good effect. Yes. Yeah, that's oh. fun. Guys, it's just so great. This is the most... Uh, I love it. This is the most emotional Star Trek episode. <laughs> All I the think. work that they've been doing Golly. with the characters, deepening their relationships, yeah. their connections, like it's paying off in this episode quite nicely. Yeah. But guys, they drilled into Tilly's head with a With an drill. actual drill. <laughs> and I love that... I it's, As much as it is touching... I love that he's using it to dis- the song to distract her as though she's not going to notice like there's a drill coming at her temple. Right. This is a <laughs> really was... horrifying scene, but let's it sing really a cute was. song and have this some will calm you down as I slowly bring my hand up. Yeah, that was brutal. Like, <laughs> man. Woo. Woo. And yeah. there's no blood, by the way. It was an interesting like I was like, oh, here comes nice, the M.A crunch that's all that's all we well have. if you know yeah. anything about the history of trepanning there's actually a particular spot anyway <laughs> nerdy moment wow holy just, cow just okay good job too it. much medical ladies today. and gentlemen <laughs> ladies and gentlemen things that chris didn't know and now i've made a fool of kate's like hey chris by the way you know nothing <laughs> i just want to know how stamets knew where to do it because this isn't his area of specialty i'd have bought like jet but anyway. it's actually maybe she told it maybe it's a conversation we didn't see she's like okay, okay it's starfleet academy you know what i mean i mean they're, they're 101 drill to the head baby. triage yeah uh <laughs> So we again we figure out uh, you know we, we cut we cut back and we figure out that yes uh, the the sphere is dying it is connected to to Saru um, they are they have got to figure out how to get away from the sphere um, and I think this is also oh yeah this is also the time they they again I, I thematically this works so nicely they're trying to communicate with the blob they're trying to communicate with the sphere they basically just open up the the discovery's computer because they realize the sphere is dying and it is it's trying to communicate with them and that that's the signal that's given from the right um, the and universal translator and this comes after yeah. they make digital antibodies so like the whole medical yes. theme is also everywhere it's, in this episode yeah, yeah no and and what you were just saying, Tyler, was that 
um, it's trying to communicate, but not just communicate. Da- it's trying to download. It's yeah. what is it? One hundred and something. Whatever thousand years. Yeah, hundred thousand years of knowledge into the discoveries computer. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the end of Next Generation, uh, the last yeah. episode, where it's a lost culture trying to download its memories into Picard. Oh no, that's not the last. Or episode. Not last that's, episode. Uh, uh, Inner Light. I was just Inner Light. That. That's what it is. Yeah, Inner Light. Yeah. Yes. Oh. oh wow you just blew my mind i was like what i don't remember that happening in all good things what's happening right now yeah. okay all right, the other right, big right. picard episode but i was yeah. it's in fact it's so weird that you say that I, I it's been um this whole episode i've been thinking this seems so inner light ish just mm-hmm. emotionally it's it's mm. a guy dying it's a whole mm. life you know flying uh it's going before his eyes the music is, the music right i love the inner light if if you have not seen the inner light uh it, gosh, it, top top five episodes of Star Trek of all Ever. time, probably. It's so yeah. good. Um, so, uh, so we we do that. They're they're waiting for it to to download all of its knowledge um, into into the Discovery's core, and at that time, um, we flip back to engineering, and Tilly has been. Um, oh, Tilly does begin to communicate um, as May, um, and this is it's a it's a really eerie scene. May and Mary Wiseman does a good job of of um of channeling at least facial features i think they dub over her voice but um but channeling at least that she's kind of possessed and mm-hmm. which is classic discover... trek too because people being possessed happens like all over the place golly yeah if you if you are deanna troy you have been possessed nine thousand times i don't know <laughs> i don't know if she's uh she's beta zoid or something like that but um the spore drive has basically just been destroying the mycelial ecosystem and uh, May latched onto Tilly to send this message, but did you get uh, like the thing that's eerie and this confirms sort of our suspicions or my suspicions before? She has other plans for Tilly in some fashion. Um, we don't know what they are, but they do not seem. I will say it now definitively. She seems sinister. She has some other plans for Tilly. She sucked her into her mycelial spore cocoon or whatever, and and that's the last. We it's got to be a Tilly. trip because we're staying on the getting high theme, right? Oh man! Well, if you saw yeah. the preview for I, next episode, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I buy all. It'll be interesting to see if any of that actually is the way that we think it is. But yeah. well, yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be an interesting episode. I love Jets um, talking back and forth. With like you know, she's freaking me out right yeah. now. You know, <laughs> oh, all that kind of banter tripping. that she. Ugh. Yeah. Well, when they're tripping, yeah. When they, they, like the actual like the eyes are mm-hmm. getting bigger. That, that was that, hilarious. All that yeah, that was great. Like we're tripping <laughs> right now. No, that was funny. But I mean, afterward, when when Tilly is speaking as May, mm-hmm. yeah, and Jet, you know, oh, yeah. references to Stam. It's like, look, that thing was scary enough, but now this is really yeah. freaking me out. Where she is, you know, um, talking in May's voice. That was that was that was. Interesting. I I love. I love that Discovery is comfortable enough, and that's not so awkward to comment on that. Like, because so so often in Star Trek, it's like, well, Deanna Troy is possessed again. Nobody comments on the weirdness <laughs> of that, and and now it's yeah. just like, dude, this chick's talking in a different voice. This is really weird. So, like, it's yes. I, I pr- so, appreciate self-aware that. Self-aware, yeah. Way. Jet gets to be the audience, going, what? Yeah, and in fact, that is the reason why Jet is here. Yes. Because if she wasn't, I'm going to rewatch this episode. I realized how much she is the audience yeah. surrogate. Mm-hmm. And normally her, it's Tilly. Normally Tilly is our audience surrogate, but now she's in it. And so right. she can't be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we, let's see. Am I, am I skipping anything? If I, uh, I think we get there. We're, there is so much. I'm sure I'm we sure are, we're skipping but something. let's just keep moving. Let's keep, let's keep moving. And if we think of anything, we'll, we'll, we'll backtrack if we need to. Okay. So they have, they have downloaded everything. Tilly gets sucked into the, the blob cocoon um and and it seems as though once once the download oh yeah that's right the download happens and then the moment before uh the sphere um the sphere explodes it it shoves the uh, discovery way out of the way because they weren't able to escape on their own and would have been destroyed by it so it i i do love the symmetry and michael michael comments on it that uh the sphere's last act um, other than you know, to download itself was to save discovery so that its knowledge would be preserved. I I just loved that bit. And, and they have totally missed the Spock window. But oh, of course, 
That it was... saw it last, yep. so it's okay. <laughs> that ticking clock didn't matter the entire time, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Why even bring it up? I don't know. It was annoying. <laughs> so we're going to go find Spock anyway, even though we're way off time and off course. But it's going to be okay because we helped an alien creature, an alien meatball. But the... And that meatball <laughs> knows all. And it it's going to point us to, to Spock. So the, here we go. One of the things I liked about that scene was um, Burnham drops a reversed polarity in her techno babble, oh, which cracked me up because that was like the explanation polarity. for so many things in the other series. So totally, good. Yeah. totally. Uh, and and then and then this brings us to the emotional crux of this episode. Uh, Michael has to take Saru back to his quarters to die and cut out his horcrux. Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> his horcrux stop getting your harry potter and my star trek what's wrong with you i've done the star trek or the star wars i had to branch out okay got it got uh, it i i'm just gonna move forward from that uh, from that little bit right there uh first saru's quarters super clear uh super cool i mean uh, yeah really, all the greenery and everything yeah i love pretty that neat. Um, it's pretty neat I, it reminds me a lot of um, the only other uh, crew member that I remember their quarters being so unique was Odo's back in the day. Yeah. Remember Odo had like those interesting geometric shapes, shapes that he could like go all over and then he would like sleep in an actual in his, just like in his bucket pot. His bucket. Yeah. yeah, it was it was that was so great because because it actually, you know, I don't know, mirrored his or made sense to his character. Yeah. It was it was wonderful. It was great. Yeah, there's a and lot then, of very boring ship's quarters throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. So, yeah. With just like weird like space pictures in the background and their right. silvery yeah. sheets that they would all sleep on that could not have been comfortable. Yeah, no. I I I love it. And their pillow uh, game sucks for being the future, oh, but no it's said. just bad. It's just not good. Um I also like just very speaking of Odo, when you when you bought the you bought the figurine back in the day, you know, and he would he would come with his little pail. Oh, how it adorable! Was great. I I liked it. Nobody else gets the bed with them when you buy their their figurine. So, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so Michael and ladies and gentlemen, this is the reason why you listen to the Next Trek podcast. This was a moment from Tyler's details. childhood. He opened up the action figure of Odo and thought, Oh cool. A bucket. (laughs) (laughs) When you're, when you're 10, you're not preserving those things. You gotta think, yeah, I think I lost the bucket immediately, but that's fine. Kick the bucket. No, because he can sleep wherever. It's fine. Um, No, no, he, never mind. (laughs) Just keep going, Tyler. So then we get your emergency. (laughs) So now we get some deep emotional moments between Michael and Saru. It's, it's, wonderfully moving um i guess i'll give my reactions in a little bit but what did, what did you guys think kate what how did you take this scene um it was it did it how did it how did it strike you so this was the scene that that brought tears to my eyes because we have earned this scene between the two of mm-hmm. them of the last season plus and they really feel family you feel the love between them even when they're angry with each other, like it, it feels like a family relationship. So it's, yeah. it's entirely there, but it gets, it adds a whole other layer of intimacy in this scene. Uh, we see all manner of stuff happen to Michael Burnham. Um, yes. throughout the first season, the, the decisions that she made and the repercussions for it, lots of really awful things happen, but, um, she just breaks down here in a way oh. we have not seen before. Um, that, is just a beautiful part of their love for each other. And uh, when they talk about being completely known by each other, like that's something not even all, you know, standard families have that among its members, but they have earned every bit of this between them. And when he asks her to, um, to take the knife and he explains its significance and he asks her to cut the ganglia, which will kill him. I'm sitting there going, how, how couldn't you do this? Even, you know, I couldn't do that. Right. Um, it just, it broke my heart. What about you, Chris? Okay. Um, no, I, I agree. No. I agree with you oh, on all of what you just said, but did any of us have any tension that 
he was going to die. I want I in my notes, I was absolutely sure they were going to kill Saru. I was 100% sure they were going to do it. She puts his, they put the knife to his thing. I was absolutely sure. So, nope. I was sure he was I, going I never to live. Nope. I knew I he was going it, to but live. But because this scene between the two of them and their relationship made it so beautiful, I didn't care that I knew he was going to live. It was okay. Okay. So, I agree with you from that perspective. I thought it was a wonderful character moment. It was wonderfully well acted. It is a fantastic moment for these two characters. And if I put myself in their shoes and understand that they weren't sure what was going to happen, mm-hmm. it's a fine moment. But for me as an audience member watching it, I had zero tension because I knew that there was going to be, you know, the whatever it is, Abraham Isaac um, uh, moment of salvation. Biblical here. Gotcha. Do do you know what I mean? Like, there's no way there's not going to be a ram in the bush. You know what I mean? There's just no way that moment was not going to happen. Um, I I didn't. Anyway, I, I just it was unfortunate. It just felt a little like. I don't think they're act. There's no way they're gonna actually kill Saru. So it just kind of undercut that scene for me, just a little bit. But there's there's no way that I could deny how fantastic these two actors did. Mm-hmm. And if I put myself in the moment with the characters, it's a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. Right. But me as an audience member, like I said before, it just wasn't. It didn't. It didn't quite pay off for me, I, unfortunately. I think what helped me through that is so far they have written Saru really well. Like, I haven't been disappointed with any of the writing of his character. Yeah. And so I figured yeah. if they're taking us through this, aside from the emotional beats that come out of it, what next level are they going to take him to that makes all of this that much more layered and meaningful? And I, that paid off for me. Yep. I, I just agree. also think that it's such a weird thing for even my best friend or my wife or any, I don't know if I'd ever ask them to murder me. Like, I just, I don't know that that's like, it just seems like a weird request. Well, you're not Kelpian for, someone. for one. <laughs> I will say this. No, I know, but it just, it just feels a little like, hey, I'm going to die anyway. Take care of that yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right. why would you put you put your friend through who is going to live the rest of their life now with this like horrible scar that you're making them I, kill you? I do. That's I totally horrible. agree. I, I agree. But I, I will say that's a well that 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 uh, Star Trek has gone to before. You know, we've had I, I um, yeah. Worf breaks his back in in Next Generation, yep. and he asks his son to do it, and, and things like that. Yep. He uh, Worf, for that matter, actually Worf kills Kern, his brother, in. Uh, in Deep Space Nine, or at least he yeah. stabs him. I can't remember if he actually dies, but he at least stabs him. Um, and but that's su- that is him. super. That is a super Klingon understood sure. cultural thing. Well, and so it seems that's that's very Kelpian, right? Like Kelpians, they he well he he actually wants to avoid the death that he has seen his his right. people go through. Now I'm not I'm not validating it. You know that this is a whole whether we want to go into euthanasia or not on on the podcast. But um, let's do it. Yeah, like, let's just get let's into just it. kill the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just will just put him out of our misery. Um, but um, but but I, I think like that, Kate. It that was is... very very clever of you, Meta. <laughs> it was like there was a level, and then you under that level, you commented on the. Com- it was wonderful. That was that was really well done. I applaud you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate really that. That was really good. <laughs> Guys, that was that was the moment. You guys, that was that was good. Uh, All right, let's get back on track. Come on, I feel like I. <laughs> come on, come well, on. Well, no, but that's but that's that's the point of of this, I think. And I and I honestly, so I, I put myself in the. We all know how how pretty solidly dead in, dead inside I am. Um, you guys, uh, no, yeah, for, listeners can can listen back to the this the screeners. Uh, uh, best of 2018 episode where I revealed I have cried once and only once at any movie and it was eighth grade. Um, and that's right. You do have problems. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. I forgot about that. But at the same time I was sitting there in this, it's not that I don't have the feelings. It's that the, you know, the whatever, but I, I was sitting there in this and going, they absolutely are going to kill Saru whatever it was. And, and I really, I went through the whole gamut of emotions. I was like, are they like, it's Doug Jones. Like, how are they getting, how are they letting him go? Are we going to like, how is this going to happen? Is this going to be okay? Like, are we going to lose Saru? Wow. What would that do to Michael's character? I mean, I really went through the whole thing and, and I'm fine that they didn't kill him. I'm happy they didn't in fact, because Saru is awesome, but, but they have killed characters. You know, we lost Lorca, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not that we haven't lost. This is not next generation, although next generation killed off Yar, but it's, (laughs) it's not Star Trek. Uh, 
it's not normal Star Trek where all of our characters are completely safe. I was ready for this to happen. Um, but now I'm super excited because it's going to propel his character into some, some new things. He's, he is without fear now. Um, he, that, that gnawing, well, I, I think he still has fear. He just isn't driven by fear. Right, well, that's what I mean. Right. He's right. He is, will he, he swing is... too far the other direction, you know, in rebellion, right. I like was this is that. coming out effectively. Will he rebel against who he was yes. and, you know, start challenging general order one. And cause he wants to go now. He wants to go back to his people. He wants to reveal, you know, uh, the galaxy to his people. So I, I, I'm super excited to see where they, where they take yeah. him. That is all fascinating. That character arc is something that obviously needed to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying the moment where she has to take a knife and kill her friend didn't have any tension to me. This is a wonderful transition for Saru's character, and I am very excited to see where where he goes. Yeah. It will be interesting. It will definitely be interesting. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that he says before uh, before she's ready to kill him is is make sure that you uh, that you don't lose contact with Spock that you do anything you can to, to fight for your uh, for your brother and so she so, does. so what does so what does happen here in this in this scene Tyler does she kill Sir oh Rita's- his ganglia just fall off <laughs> which that was the only anticlimactic part I will give you that was anticlimactic where it was just like oh is Ew. <laughs> gross. And she picks up his gang- his gangly and hand it to him. It was so gross. <laughs> you dropped the sash. <laughs> just like, are those supposed to come out? Like, actually, you know, though, if those, if those are stewed up really well. Ew. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. Like, she She's sends like, it to uh, Emperor Giorgio. She pockets it. <laughs> like, hey, missing you on Discovery. <laughs> I don't know that the new Empress Giorgio might actually hang him as trophies. She might. This is yeah. She might. Uh, so then we, you know, so it, it falls out. Hey, guess what? Everything is going to be fine. Um, he he gets this newfound this newfound purpose in life, um, and then Michael goes and visits Pike in his ready room, and uh, he's he's really excited. Hey, this you know we've just gotten a hundred thousand years worth of data. Um, you know, historians are going to be looking over this for forever. It's like the Dead Sea Scrolls of the Galaxy. Yay, let's go search for Spock. Dun, dun, dun. I'm kind of wondering how much of what they discover from the sphere is going to be used as their blanket yeah. way to have random knowledge that they wouldn't otherwise have going forward. Right. So useful future plot device there. I wonder if they're, if we're going to get information about the Red Angel, about the bursts, you know, because if it's seeing kind of everything and, and recording it, I wonder what, yeah, I agree with you. What, what kind of data might we, might we get? Mm-hmm. I have a prediction. Nothing. We'll never hear about this again. I'm okay with that too. If this was, yeah, if this was next generation, we would never hear about it again. Like, or you know, but I, I don't know. I would like, I would like to think that they have raised the bar for themselves here. But, but, but I also, I, I'm fine if we don't ever see anything. Again. It could just be the small details because Linus and the cold joke has continued. Saru's languages right. has continued. So who, who knows? Yeah, even if it's just a. A, a nice little plot convenience like oh hey we learned this from the thing so yeah the meatball from spoke the, that's what i'm saying from the meatball what did they don't even anyway, whatever fine larry that's okay. larry the spear larry the spear <laughs> <laughs> who gave us a hundred thousand years of knowledge thanks larry it's their new magic uh, eight ball that's right that's right that's right Larry's well and so this this brings us right up until the end uh pike says you know we're, we're now going to go search for spock and michael says you know, I, ch- I changed my mind. I told you before I, I, I needed to basically recuse myself from the search because uh, Amanda slapped me with her words and said, uh, you know, she's going to go find Spock. But I've learned I've learned my lesson, Captain Pike. I need to not abandon my family. So let's go. Hmm. Gall darn it. And that's that's where we end. And scene. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's fine. I agree. I do agree with you. The whole Spock MacGuffin thing is pointless in this episode because it's already been set up in this in the season. It didn't need any more. Let's let's keep going. Yeah, and we felt no real tension over. Ooh, we might lose him. Like, who cares at this point? Right. Right. Well, yeah, and we've already seen these two characters together in. uh, promotional materials. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's one of those things like we know eventually we're going 
these right. two are going to get in right. the same space in the same place together. So whether or not they lose track of him, it just, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm being a little too uh, negative here, but it's, it's um, one negative aspect. I, I think it, it, everything else in this episode is incredibly solid. Um, it's emotionally sound. It's, it's, it's actually thematically consistent throughout the entire thing. It's just this mm. one, this one thing, you know, what was it that, I, I was praising it last week. Um, oh, it's the, the May hallucination that they didn't draw the May hallucination out for, you know, six episodes where we're just seeing this character and not doing anything with it. Um, mm-hmm. But now this is, this is happening with Spock. Like we are, was this episode four or five? Four. Um, this is four. This is four. So we're four yep. episodes in. We haven't we haven't even seen a we haven't seen a flashback of 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 this Spock of of Ethan Peck. We've seen you know baby Spock, but um, but that's it it would be really nice to actually get somewhere um, so that we can really drive this uh, season forward. This may actually be one of the drawbacks of the serialized format because they are trying to be much more interconnected. Whereas if it were one of the, uh, the other shows, you know, they just forgot about it for a while or made it a two parter and then it was done. And so, right. um, Yeah. Yeah. They've got to dive in and they've got to commit. So, right. Yeah. So again, good or bad. And every, pretty well everything else has been just excellent this season so one one drawback i can you know i can handle it and, and if it pays off you know who knows maybe this just pays off really really well but you know we're building up so much and it looks like we're not seeing spock next next episode um although i swear uh the previews for this week's episode included spock so i i don't know i could be they could just be messing with us now I think they are messing with us, yeah. and I think you might be right that we are still a couple episodes away from from seeing from seeing Spot because it looks like from the previews on of the next episode, Discovery gets stuck mm-hmm. someplace yeah. again, and we're all so, in, <laughs> in the spore plane or whatever the mycelial yeah. network yeah. to search for. Tilly. It's like half in and half out of right. uh, of the mycelial network, and yeah. so I, it'll be like they're half. I don't know. They're half jumped or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like literally the the saucer section is spinning. Yeah. And they're 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 tilting half sort in, of. half out. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll I don't know, man. I don't know when we're going to see Spock guys. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't think it's going to be next episode. Oh, I, I would and be I, shocking shocked if it's next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless it's one of those stupid reveals where like the last moment, you know, Spock beams aboard or something like that, but I, I kind of hope they don't. I think we've seen him before. I think he's like in a in, in the shuttle that he's in. He's like riding like a crazy psychopathic person all all over the walls, right? He's is that in a preview? I'm trying to remember. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think be. I think they. Anyway, may, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's a flashback. Which would be? Have we even seen Spock at all I, yet? I don't we think haven't we've seen, seen him flashback at all. Or only kids, Spock. Yeah. Only only kids, Spock. Yeah. That is um, nuts. I know. That is so. Come on, guys! You're being a little mean. I know. Being a little mean. Come on, come on! Just bring him on. At Let's get it out over and we, done with. Yeah, we got to get into it at least, you know, and, and let this happen. Right. So, right. yeah. Well, any any last thoughts before we wrap it up? This was a lot of fun. We managed yeah. to actually get through this faster than I thought I would. We would, given how we how had much to, was in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we missed a lot, but you know, at the same time, I feel like there's so much there, but. And it's, it's just so difficult because this is such a, like you were saying, Tyler, it weaves uh, yeah. in and out of the storylines. It cuts back and forth. Um, but I think overall, we've done a good job of, of yeah. recapping it. I do so. want to make one yeah. uh, final comment about it. Um, we introduced Pike this season, so we've had a lot of Pike-heavy scenery and pot stuff going on. But it's yeah. technically Michael Burnham's show. And so um, it felt nice to have a much more dominant episode with her and Saru because they were part of why I liked the show to begin with. And that's not right. anything against Pike, but they were really getting a lot of background um, stuff while he was, you know, being introduced. So I'm, I'm glad I was really happy to see an episode where they were really front and center. Well, and especially after the the opening scene, I, I was I was trying to think, I think this is the only or the first time we've gotten uh, a uh, an opening scene in, in a discovery episode, which has none of our regular main characters in it. So it's, it's just Pike and number one for three, mm-hmm. four minutes, which was um, mostly fan service and how yeah. you feel about fan service depends on how much you like that. I like fan service just fine. So uh, even though it's a, just it's, it is, they spent too long talking. I'm doing it. I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll watch, 
you know, number one, eat a cheeseburger. We're fine. You were the target audience. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's what, see, because I have no, no cares at all about that character. There's yeah. nothing there that is like, I wanted to see number one. No, they're going to have to justify yeah. to me why she exists in this show. And that scene does not do it. It could have easily been a, like a throwaway line. Or, or a you message. Know. You know, why, why are we not just a quick call or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it could have literally been Pike's. Hey, my my first officer sent me this yep. information. Here is blah blah, blah. and like that would have been just yeah, it would have gotten just as yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right. Um, as always, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at the Next Trek. Um, tell us, you know, how crazy we are if we're getting everything right or wrong, or if there's something we missed, especially in an episode as dense as this. What did you mm. think of the episode? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Is this the best Star Trek episode ever? Like like so much uh, so many. Uh, people on Twitter are talking about. Uh, but then, uh, as always, just just uh, keep on listening, keep um, keep following along, and and have some uh, some good conversations with us. As always, live long and prosper.